Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hood. Stutter stepping. Gives the favors at the top. Rotates right side to Mack. Double pick coming. Mack goes the other way down the baseline. Squirrels on the reverse layup and scores. 17-2 Utah. You are Locked On Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Locked On Jazz for the 19th of September. We look at the point guard depth, how it'll play out, and then we sit down with Shelvin Mack and do a little get-to-know. That's what's coming up on this Monday edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. So glad to have you with us today. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. The five-star reviews you've been leaving make a world of difference, so thank you very much. Across the Locked On Podcast Network today, all of the NBA shows will be putting out breakdowns of their point guard, tomorrow shooting guards, Wednesday small forwards, Thursday bigs, Friday a look ahead to training camp, because guess what? This is our last week without basketball. A week from today, media day, Utah Jazz, get it rolling across the entire NBA, it's media day, a week from today. Uh, so it's pretty cool. By the way, across the Locked On Podcast Network, there's all sorts of other great NFL things for you. Recaps to the games, your favorite team last night, how it played out, immediate reaction to it. So subscribe across the board to whatever podcast it is that fires you up about your team. And you can always subscribe to the NFL or the NBA channel and get all of them on your iTunes. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek giving you the best place to get tickets to any upcoming event. Maybe that USC-Utah game on Friday. Use the promo code LOJAZZ to get a $20 rebate from SeatGeek. I'll tell you more in just a minute, but right now, let's start off the show with what we always do. Pins across the world. You can email me at dlock09 at gmail. Dot com to give me your pins across the world. Tell me where you listen to the show from and how you became a jazz fan. Share with the community of everybody. I'm going back to some old ones, but I'm still taking in the new ones. Let's go to Kevin Muir. He was able to meet me very briefly last week, he said. This was sent to me December 21st of 2015, so he didn't actually meet me last week. Uh, He appreciates the podcast amount. His memories of watching John Stockton shooting free throws on old 13-inch black-and-white TV with his parents' bedroom when the games were late. I remember turning on my clock radio, listening to Hot Rod and Ron Boone call the rest of the game. As I grew up, I could think about was becoming a member of the Utah Jazz. Unfortunately, like almost all basketball enthusiasts growing up in northern Utah, to realize that at five foot ten, really wasn't all that great at dribbling with my left hand, so I had to find a new dream. A lot of people don't understand the obsession and love that I always have had with a small market team that has all the odds stocked, stacked against it, but I'll always love this team. I know that you feel the same way, and that's why I've been listening to your podcast for the last three or four years. In that time, my wife and I have both 
gone to nursing school, become RNs. We've welcomed our first child in the world and have another one on the way. I haven't always been able to catch every game, but your podcast and radio broadcasts have allowed me to keep up with the team, and I try to make at least one game a year. I might be rambling, continues Kevin Muir. But I wanted to share with you some of my best jazz experience. I was 10 years old. My family is enjoying a staycation in Salt Lake. We found Temple Square. My sister and I played for hours in the hotel pool. Life was good. At the end of the weekend, we were approaching. We were walking Salt Lake. I realized we were close to the Delta Center. At the time, I was collecting basketball cards. And I asked my dad if I could go look inside the Delta Center, see if I could get, could maybe get some new cards. He put a small fight, and then we headed over. As we got closer, I noticed a lot of people going in the same direction. I realized there was a game going on that night. I looked up, and Dad said, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it be cool if we could go to the game? Dad, please, Dad, please. And at that moment, Dad pulled an envelope out of his pocket and said, oh, I guess so. I was dumbstruck. A 10-year-old kid brain, it was like learning I was going to Disneyland just to receive a Red Rider uh, BB gun or something of the sort. I couldn't believe I was going to get to see John, Carl, Jeff, and all my heroes. I'll never forget that perfect day. The Jazz beat the Kings, and I have been back to the arena as often as I can to see the Jazz. I saw Darren Williams get the Jazz over the hump in double overtime against the Warriors win the playoffs. I watched as Jerry's banner was uncovered in the rafters, but nothing will ever compare to that moment when that envelope came out of that pocket and I was 10 years old. That, my friends, is what it's all about as a Jazz fan, either being that 10-year-old or being that Dad, what a great way to start the day. Kevin Muir, thank you for your pin across the world. That was a good one, right out of the chute. All right, let's get to the uh, tip-off story of the day. Across the network, we are looking at point guards today. So what we're going to do is we're going to sit down with Shelvin Max, and she never really got to know some of the backstory on Shelvin when he joined the franchise, and we'll do that for you today. Uh, But first, let's kind of run down who the Jazz point guards are. You probably know them. We'll get a little bit more in depth than maybe uh, we have in some other circumstances. So we'll start with what I think will be the starter and all all expectation is George Hill. Uh, He comes with just so much experience, so much knowledge. Uh, and and brings you know 175 playoff games of experience. Uh, George is not your ball dominant distributing point guard who necessarily is going to you know create a ton of openings for other guys. That's probably not uh, his his deal. Uh, he did now two years ago. He had an assist rate of 31 percent, meaning he assisted 31 percent of all field goals when he was on the floor. So he can do that, but he's pretty comfortable playing off the ball if needed. Uh, and he's a 45 percent catch and shoot guy last year, 31 percent on pull ups. So he's a much better shooter if he gets the ball in the catch and shoot. So suddenly now you think about Gordon and Rodney playing with the ball and kicking out to George Hill as a 45% catch and shoot three-point shooter, and it gets uh, it gets a, a good deal more exciting than maybe it has in, in some of the past circumstances uh, for the Jazz. He can run the pick and roll. He can do um, some of those kind of things. If you look back at his last year's number, they're not as good as the year before because Monte Ellis, but he was still a middle-of-the-pack pick and roll guy. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, a great spot-up shooter, pretty good coming off the cut, moving without the ball, uh, and those kind of things. Uh, he is uh, two years ago when Paul George was out and he had to carry that team, he averaged 20 points, five rebounds, and six assists a game. So if needed, he can certainly carry the load. There aren't many guys that can put up those kind of numbers, and he's able to do that along the way. 
But when you're thinking of George Hill, I think what you're really thinking about, leadership, those 75 playoff games, 30 years old. I told the story the other day where he was talking about, we lost too many games late. We've got to value every possession. It's that kind of locker room experience that I think changes who this team is uh, and how you know he started 325 games in his career at 30 years old. He's just he brings a tremendous amount of experience uh, to the team. Dante Exum will get the second shot of time. You know that's going to be interesting because uh, one Dante's development is so important to the future of the franchise. Frankly, though, you know probably right now if you need 14 minutes off the bench to win a ball game, I could make an argument that Shelvin Mack. Uh, could do it just as well, but I I think that you've got to give Dante the opportunity. He's he's you know he came to us at six six one eighty five. He's probably closer to two ten now. No official number there. He's gotten much bigger, much stronger. He still has that amazing burst. He's so good uh, defensively. Uh, he just it you know he changed entirely who the Jazz were uh, defensively in his year on uh, with the team. But we also have to remember with Dante, he has not played. Uh, he, you know, in really in two of the last three seasons, uh, his defensive rating when he was on the floor was, was a 102.2 when he was off the floor was a 107.6. I mean, he just made uh, a mammoth mammoth difference and he's a totally different player and individual than he was when he last played. He was a 19 year old kid. He's now 21. He's still a kid, but he just is a little bit more worldly. He's been around. He kind of knows what's going on. He's been through some adversity. Uh, and and so he has that. He still has the speed, the quickness. Um, he's going to have to figure out how to finish around the basket. You still see when he's just kind of playing pickup with the guys, there's times where he gets himself into trouble, which I think is just from lack of experience of, of being on the floor. There's other times where you see him just kind of turn the baseline corner with an incredible burst, uh, and you can see all of the skill that is there. He shot just... Uh, 31.4% from three his rookie year. That's going to be the really big number for Dante this year is his ability to improve his three-point shooting uh, and try to be more than just a Ricky Rubio type where he's helping everyone on the floor. He's, you know, he is at 6'6". He's able to see over the top uh, and see a tremendous amount of things that he uh that most point guards can't see, get his teammates opportunities. And that is really where I think his gift is going to be. That and defensively, his calmness with the ball in a sense, he's much better with his handle. He's straightening up on guys uh, just in pickup uh, rather than turning his back. So you can see a difference in who he is as a player. You can see that development. Uh, but it will be interesting. I don't think we can judge anything he does for about 41 games is kind of the way I'm looking at Dante this year, is that that's not uh, – that we pro- you just kind of have to let it roll until sometime in February when then you start to evaluate uh, what he does. The third string point guard is a pretty darn good one. He's Shelvin Mack. Now, Mack will be highly sought after in the trade market between now and the beginning of the season. No, no question about it. People are going to want Mack. He proved last year with the Jazz – uh, in his 28 games, and he's 13 points, four rebounds, five assists. He shot 44% from the field. And he shot a career, probably best for extended period of time, 36% from three. He's only a career 32.4% uh, three-point shooter. He really elevated his game 
um, a huge amount there. His effective field goal percentage was right on the league average at 50%. And then you add in his size. You know, this is a guy who's 6'3", 203, 205. Uh, He's big. He's burly. He's able to play strong. He's able to play big. He has a pretty good impact on the game defensively when he needs to. Uh, He's certainly not going to hurt you in any way. Uh, It's a great luxury to have as your as your third point guard. He, uh, the Jazz defense last year was 2.4 points better with him on the floor than it was uh, when he was off the floor, uh, which is, you know, shows that he adapted to the system and really played it very, very well. The offense was five points better. He had a, he had a mammoth impact on who the Jazz are at 26. Uh, I think he's really kind of figured out the league and, and the bouncing about and experiences. He'll share some of that with you coming up here in a minute. In addition, I think you've got a little savvy to him, a little toughness in the fact he's been through an awful lot of things in his career. Uh, and, and I, you know, he, this is a guy who's going to um, – is really going to be able to uh, help help this team a, a, a great deal um, if if needed. You know, if Dante needs some days off, if – uh, this is this is an incredible luxury. And speaking of luxuries, let's get to the next guy. How about having Howell Neto as your fourth point guard? Now, if something happens where Mac uh, becomes highly sought after, you know Neto and probably ends up becoming your third if there's a deal out for Mac. The other scenario, by the way, is somebody really the Jazz don't want to give somebody up. I don't know who this would be if they you know put someone in the D League. They know they're going to lose him. Uh, you then. Move Mac because Neto is frankly good enough to be your third point guard. Uh, Neto last year, thirty-nine point five percent from three. Almost all of them were open looks. He did, he did, you know, as you look back on it, miss a few more open looks than he probably need to. Zach uh, Harper took a kind of a, an interesting look at some of those aspects with Neto on just a really wide open three. But I, Howell looks just from what he was a year ago to where he is today, just tremendous growth uh, and. and you know, such a high-quality guy as well. Uh, I think he gives you, you know, just great luxury. Um, it's kind of a crazy thing to have this many guys that you can can you have open. Last year, wide open threes uh, of all weird things, six or more feet. Neto shot just 32.8% uh, as, you know, just kind of a weird, I don't know if that's just had too much time or what happened on those. Um, but his overall catch and shoot was 40% from three. Uh, late in the shot clock, he was he was pretty good, 48% or 46% in the final seven seconds of the clock from three. But that weird, just kind of almost statistical anomaly, probably just not a big enough sample size there uh, The in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, that's just the Jazz are just loaded in this. And if Dante turns out to be uh, able to really contribute and impact games, then they're, then they're truly loaded and it starts to trickle down into their wing depth as well. So that's a look at where the Jazz are from a point guard position. This weekend, USC plays Utah, and there are some other big games going on as well. And if you need to get tickets for that, the best place to go to get your tickets is SeatGeek. If you go to your App Store or your Google Play and just download the app, then in the settings, enter in the promo code LOJAZZ. You'll get a $20 rebate on your first purchase. Find the event you're looking for, whether it's a concert, a theater event, or tickets to the, a football game or some NBA games coming up, and then they will show you 
on the app where the best tickets are. The red circles will tell you, you know what, this guy's trying to get you. Uh, right now, 50-yard line for the Utes game is at $619. But if you go over about to the 20-yard line, you can get some for 138 So that's a that's got a good ticket score. That's got $85. It's called an 85 on their ticket scores right now. And they ticket score every single ticket for you. You don't want the ticket score five. That's somebody who's not offering you a, a deal that's right. Uh, you, you do the ones. They compile all the tickets from all around in the same place and give you the best opportunity to look at all of them. And you just, it's easy. It comes right to your phone. It's the best way to do it. Mumford & Sons is coming. Maroon 5 is coming in October. So great concerts as well. And, of course, look at your upcoming jazz games as they get close. Which games do you want to go to? Do it all at SeatGeek. Download the app. Go into the settings tab and enter the promo code LOJAZZ to get the $20 rebate. All right, let's, uh, for production purposes, this season I sat down with Shelvin Mack, and let's get to know Shelvin a little bit in part two of today's edition of Locked on Jazz. All right, Shelvin Mack, if you were to take me to your hometown, where would you take me? What would you show me? In Lexington, Kentucky, I would take you to Rev Arena. Everyone, uh, especially know me on a basketball fan, you'll like Rev Arena with UK. Then I'll take you to a place called Tally Host. It's a nice little uh, restaurant. Um, thank you. I like a lot. Got a lot of classic food that food you normally couldn't get anywhere else. Um, and then I'll definitely take you around my high school that you see um, where I you know, grew up and play. And I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it was a great day when you were a kid in your house or around when? What was what was the sign you was a great day? It was a great day when I was beating all my friends in 2K, and I'm a big video gamer. Uh, well, take me back to your childhood room. Were there posters on the wall? What did it look like? Yeah, my childhood childhood room had a lot of posters from um, Slam, Slam Magazine. I used to cut a, cut a lot of those posters out and put them on the wall. And I had Kobe, um, Chauncey Billups, and I had LeBron on the wall, like, a little motivation, a little motivational when I go to sleep. Who was the first person that saw the talent and kind of said, you know, you might be able to make it? Um, i say my high school coach, um, Coach Arisa Irie, one of the guys I look up to like a mentor, you know, continue working with me every day to you know, help me get to where I'm at. Uh, first court you ever played on? First? Like just sort of hoop, really, um, more than court hoop. First court I ever played on will probably be in San Diego, California. I grew up there for a little bit uh, in North Park. is outside. They have the uh, nets that. Um, the, the chain I, I know it's a double. It's a it might be a double or a triple rim. Uh, <laughs> no nets was up. Um, it was very hot. And the backboard, you know, it was like the super large backboards that you know everybody can jump on and smack backboard on a on a layup. Who was your favorite player and favorite team when you were growing up? My favorite player uh, was Kobe Bryant, and then um, I like the Lakers, but I really didn't have, like, a team. I like certain guys and certain players. Him and, you know, Chauncey Billups. I like the Pistons a lot, too. Uh, what's the favorite game you've ever played in your career? Um, I'll say part of the national championship where we lost when Gordon missed the shot at the end. I think it was probably one of the funnest games I didn't play in. Uh, was there one shot of your whole career that you remember more than any other? Um, I want to say, sh- yeah, it's one shot. Um, two years ago in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, I was able to get wide open for like a three to send it to overtime, and I missed it with like two seconds left. You guys always remember the misses. Yeah, yeah. 
everyone remembers the, the misses. Uh, when did you know you belonged in the NBA? What's the moment where you said, okay, I belong? I say uh, after my second year um, when I was with the Wizards, uh, my second stand with the Wizards, you know, I was uh, able to play a lot more and able to, you know, show what I could do on the court. Um, you no, know, wasn't timid. To, no, it wasn't timid. It was just being very aggressive, and I had some great games. And I, and I feel like I belong around there. What's the toughest thing in your life at any point that you ever had to overcome, and how'd you do it? Um, also being cut by the Wizards, um, going to the D League. You no, know, it was a grind going down there, um, struggling, sacrificing, and you know, just staying positive, just waiting on the opportunity to come because you never know when it's gonna come. Uh, and just being prepared, and uh, I think it's helped me out in the long run. And finally, why do you wear the number you wear? I wear eight because of Kobe, the old Kobe with the fro. And uh, also, I like Darren Williams a lot. You know, point guard, same kind of build. Uh, you know, my favorite players going up. And a lot of people don't choose eight, and I think it kind of stands out. Sweet. All right, let's go on the road with Shelvin Mack. What's your favorite city to visit? My favorite city to visit will be Scottsdale. And what is your favorite place to eat? Favorite place to eat on the road? My favorite place to eat on the road will probably... That's a tough one. Uh, you have to come back to that one. <laughs> uh, one thing you couldn't travel without? Uh, I always travel with a fan. I can't sleep at night unless I have a fan blowing right in my face, so... I always have that. If not, I, I end up going by one late at night at like a 24-hour CVS or something. What's your game day routine? Game day routine, uh, you know, wake up and shoot around, uh, come back, take a nap, play some 2K, listen to some music, you know, get my mind right, and then head to the game. And what's the best heckle you've ever heard from the crowd? Uh... Let me re-ask that just because that door slammed. What's the best heckle you've ever heard in your career? <laughs> uh, gotta, gotta get back to that one. A lot of inappropriate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's that guy in Washington. Yeah, yeah, I know, but he wasn't saying nothing. You know, the dude right behind the bench. Yeah, he was getting on, on Coach Bud real bad and Ken Bazemore. I'm like, no, no, no. Okay, I thought you were telling my story. No, no, no. Okay. All right. All right. Most used apps on your phone? Most used app would probably be my Gmail, Twitter, Instagram. Say, got a stretching app and Uber. Best movies? Favorite Shelvin Max must see movies? Um, American Gangster is one of my favorite movies of all time. And then, uh, Pretty much any movie with, like, Kevin Hart in it. It's pretty fun. Uh, your all-time NBA starting five. All-time NBA starting five. I have to go with Jason Kidd or Steve Nash at the one. It might be, like, starting eight. <laughs> Kobe, LeBron. Uh, I'll go KG, Shaq. Um, are you a car guy? Not really, no. Nah. Um... All right, let's do. Oh shoot, I forgot to do that with Gordon. Let's do word association. I'm gonna say something you said. The first thing that pops into your mind. Okay. Utah Jazz. Mountains. Quinn Snyder. Uh, energy. Strawberry. Red. Jay Z. Beyonce. Ice cream. Chocolate. Three pointer. 
Me. Cleveland. LeBron. Miami. D-Wade. That wraps up Locked on Jazz. Nice to get Shelvin, no Shelvin a little bit more. Remember, across the platform of Locked on Podcast Network, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, Josh Lloyd has been doing great NBA previews for you. Great stuff at Locked on NFL as well. Jazz season tickets are available for the upcoming season. Go to utahjazz.com or call 355-DUNK. This has been Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.